Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, is how is how you do a fade out. That's how you do it. <laughs> Bar Down Breakdown 188. We're here with uh, our homies and alumni. You just heard uh, King of Nothing. That's going to be out on an EP uh, coming out in the next couple of months. Uh, alumni boys 516 repping the, the Nassau County. <laughs> and uh, we're stoked to have him here because you know, Mikey and I are Long Island boys through and through. So going to be cool to talk a little bit of nostalgia and a little bit of, uh, you know, Long Island talk. But uh, Jake, Joe, what's going on, gentlemen? Thanks for being here. And uh, how you doing? How you doing? What's up? Doing great, man. We're uh, definitely excited to to chat a little bit about, you know, the new music you guys got going on, some of the stuff that, uh, you know, coming up in 2023 for you guys. But uh before we get too, uh, you know, deep into conversation, um, let's just kind of go back in time a hot second and um, talk about how you guys kind of both happened upon hockey and became hockey fans. <laughs> Joe, you want to start? Um, yeah, I guess I watched a little bit longer than Jake. I just had a lot of friends when I was around like 12, 13 that played and got me into it. I never like played hockey, like for real, like never like organized hockey on a team. I just always watched it um, like with my buddies. And then we would always play like the, the games like NHL, like the EA games. And we would do like the league and make our own guys and stuff like that. But yeah, I just watched it like starting in like 2011, I think, and was a Rangers fan and then was on and off. But recently I got like a lot more back into it. Awesome. Tough year to be a Rangers fan, 2011. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also didn't really know what was going on. And then they had, like, their playoff runs in, like, the couple years later. So that was fun. And then when they, like, lost, I was, like, in college. I was super busy. I just fell, like, out of touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, 82-game uh, season, you know, especially when you've got a lot of things going on, you know, it's hard to make time, you know? Yeah. It, and then I would go back and they started like a rebuild too. And I was like, I don't even know who any of these people are. Right. Like, I gotten rid of, and I, I was like, all right, this is going to be a little weird, but I got back into it. Like the only guy on the team that's still there from when I used to watch was, is like Kreider. Yeah. All the other guys, the like so many pieces. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was, I started watching again when Lundqvist was like in his end of his mm-hmm. career. So I was like, okay, <laughs> but he wasn't, he wasn't like, the way he used to be either but it's okay because now yeah. they have another amazing goalie so yeah that's you know the the rangers are um you know, you can't really call it luck because i mean you know they obviously developed shesterkin and and you know a lot of the other guys that you know are playing on their team that are yeah they're great they've they went and developed you know mm-hmm. so um you know it, it definitely um you know, they figured I, it I was, out with the goalies for sure yeah i was getting <laughs> up, i was getting up for like talking good about the rangers because like you know, it's just like I'm supposed to be programmed to like hate them being an Islander fan. But like the Rangers, uh, to me, have always been like an enjoyable team to watch, especially like if you like hockey, like if you like mm-hmm. hockey, you kind of like, you know, I I was able to watch a lot of the playoffs last year. And like the Avalanche are, are just a, an absolutely dominant team. I mean, like just watching yeah. them play is just like unreal. And you know, it kind of puts into perspective when you watch your favorite team play, you know, like you, you watch 
Literally, Colorado yeah. when they're firing on all cylinders, and then you know you watch the Islanders play a sloppy game, and you're yeah. like, I would watch Colorado games and look at their power play league, and be yeah. like, how do they yeah. do that? Like, like they just how, pass how are they able to? And... They smoked every team yeah. they played against. Them. Oh, and 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 I remember when the playoffs started last year. Like you know, I I was vehemently you know, and I said it. You know, I I thought we were going to get a, an Avalanche Panthers. Um, you know, the Stanley Cup final. That's yeah, really what I thought. I think everyone did. Everyone and, did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, that unfortunately fell apart for, for the Cats there. But the, the Avs are – they're a force to be reckoned with, man. And, um, you little, know, if they keep the core of that team. Favorite. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're hurt. You know, they're hurting. But that's that's like a hockey trope, unfortunately. You know, yep. it – you know, teams just – they get banged up. They get hurt. And, you know, all of a sudden they start to slip in the standings. I mean, like – you know, it just professional sports are that way. You know, if you look at a team like the Red Wings, I mean, granted, the Red Wings are finally starting to play some decent hockey. But I mean, you know, if you were a hockey fan in the 90s, you know, to think that the Red Wings would be bottom feeders now, you know, it's is kind of kind of wild to think about, you know, but that's the reality is, you know, when mm-hmm. Iserman's gone and Fedorov is gone and Chelios is gone and, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta do something. But um, awesome. You know, I, uh, um, I guess we'll just real quick, uh, you know, we, we can see Jake up there. I don't know if you're going to be able to see him. I can see him and I know he's wearing a Rangers hoodie. So, uh, you know, we, we know he's a, he's a Ranger fan. And, and I think Joe also being a Ranger fan, but you guys have a couple of like secondaries that you're into too, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I got into hockey a lot like later. Like I liked it when I was a little kid a bit because my dad, I had like random jerseys. I actually had an Avs and a Rangers Jersey had no idea like about any of that when I was a kid and then like I watched the Rangers play in the Stanley Cup in 2014 when they lost yeah and I just got real like I think it was like three or four years ago at this point I was like I just like every sport so I was like I might as well just like hockey too and I just got so hard into it that it's in like you know I I couldn't even pick a team really like I I was like god I like the Sabres because I just I'm a diehard Bills fan sure in the back yeah, sure. And then I was like, uh, I like Colorado teams because I like I've always liked the Broncos. So I was like, you know what, Avs. And I picked cool. a good, I picked a good time. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> for sure you did. Yeah. Um, but it's that's a it's a, it's a great thing, you know. I, you know, I I've never, you know, there's hockey fans who uh, kind of have that idea where you can only like one team. Yeah, I your hockey every, fans. Every sports with that. Yeah, like people, you know. I've I've always said it, you know, as often as I can. You know, the more teams that people like, you know, the more revenue gets generated. You know, yeah. with the league that we love, and you know, the more eyes get onto the product, and and it's important. You know, being being that um, that kind of like of the four major sports, or really, I, you, you kind of got to say five now because you know, soccer is becoming a, a yeah. big huge deal in America. But yep. you know, of those major yeah. sports, you know, yeah. hockey is kind of you know, down at the bottom. So, you know, whatever we could do, whether it's, you know, more, you know, winter classic games or, you know, expansion into other, you know, countries or, you know, whatever they're going to do to put more eyes on the product. You know, let's, I, let's do like, it. More I, haven't, like, goals. Of, I haven't like watched a lot of other sports beforehand. Like just, I'm like football, like I'm a, his, I'm a football history dork, like stuff like that. I actually really appreciate about the NHL that they, um, they, they do so many experimental things, like even like the reverse retro jerseys or like yeah. all these winter classic games they yep. put like no other league really does that. Like the NFL used to, 
they used to fool around with the idea of it. And mm-hmm. sometimes they'd be like, oh, like the Steelers are wearing Bumblebee jerseys now. But like, yeah. You, did you watch the Pittsburgh Boston series? Like they both, it was it was cool. Like it's in yeah. Fenway. Like in Fenway, yeah. they'll never. That was iconic. Like it really, it really is. It's um, and I, what I, I'm trying to think of what came first. Did the reverse retros come first, or did NFL introduce the color rush first? Like, do you know? Uh, what came probably the color rush because it's yeah. only like year two or three of the reverse yeah. retro. Yeah, this is the color second time they've done it, but it's been like three years years since the first one. I think it's super cool. I mean, you know, especially um, like if you look at a team like um, like the Kings, for instance. Right. So, I mean, like they've got like a, you know, mostly a black and white and silver color scheme. And then, you know, you get into the reverse retros that have kind of like that regal purple in it and the, and the you know, the yellow yeah. crown and stuff. And, you know, it's even cool. It, it's kind of cool to, to see that even when, uh, you know, the devils were, were wearing their alternates and they had like the green. Um, I you know, really I, I thought I thought it was super cool, you know, and um I, I like that, you know, like hearkening back to kind of the old days and stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, think about it, you know, Mikey, Justin and I are all kind of in that era of, of the Mighty Ducks. So it's like yep. almost, you know, whenever Anaheim breaks out that like classic, like 90s yeah. Disney logo, it's just uh, like old guys sit there and rub their hands together. <laughs> it's so great. I you know, I was like, I was looking for it because I have uh, I have my dad hat. It's the um, it's the old Mighty Ducks logo, but with a new color scheme. And I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's so cool. But um, but it, I mean, to, it's funny to quote Snoop Dogg from NHL. 2020 um (laughs) talking about those the la kings jerseys like in in the early 90s when when the kings were you know were were rocking the the the, you know regal purple jerseys Mm -hmm. everyone who was anyone in hip-hop from southern california had those jerseys yeah and you saw kings jerseys everywhere nwa Mm -hmm. videos you saw it on snoop Dogg. like everybody had it in the in that southern la you know, Compton, you know, hip hop scene. It was so cool to kind of like see how they were incorporating that into the music and into the music videos. It was sure. just like a cool dynamic looking into it. And then, you know, we, I think we talked about it or like a couple episodes ago on the podcast, but the Detroit Red Wings being all over like ABC Family Hour. Oh, yeah. On, and on, TGIF. Like, and TGIF. Like that's all you saw. So like the 90s was just really cool to see. Yeah, you know these like hockey franchises just like thrown into the mainstream. Oh yeah, and because it was just, it was a fashion statement for the most part too for a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those jerseys in the '90s too. I I think um what's his name made McFarlane, like Todd McFarlane came up with a lot of like the 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 really crazy jersey ideas. Yeah, I'm so, pretty sure he did the Fisherman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he also did the the oil spill that the Oilers did for the reverse retro this year. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. awesome. Except, like, I didn't. I didn't know that. So, like Todd McFarlane, like the guy who like illustrated Spawn, like you're saying. Yeah, that's that's fucking cool. I did <laughs> not know. That. I mean, but, and, yeah, but you know, and like it, it's it's also kind of cool too. Like you know, when the Sabers were playing with that, uh, like what is it, mid two thousands? The slug. Just, just makes me think of Michael Pekka, you know, like. Oh wait, wait, you mean uh, the Bison? <laughs> He's got it. He's got it. I like you know? call it a slug. <laughs> Wait, you mean you mean this or the or the oh, no yeah. no that 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 one's good I love that one I'm yeah, talking yeah, like yeah that the, one the slug great. one was terrible this, this, that, like, so one of the guys on the Sabers was like when we wear these we feel evil and we <laughs> yeah I, I just like that. that's Dude, they, funny though yeah like I I you know hockey players are just such like nut jobs I think it's like 
it's probably one of the most incredible things because like, you know, when you look at like football, baseball and basketball players, like there's a lot there. I mean, there's a lot of people that play professional sports that are just like nuts about what they do, but hockey, it's just like a whole, a whole new level. I yep. mean, like, you know, if you, you know, I, I don't know about a guy like Crosby, but if like you told Ovi, like 5,000 year old Ovi, like, Hey man, <laughs> we're, you know, we're going to pay you like $800,000 for the year, but we're going to put you on like a stud team and make sure you wake up he'd be like yeah give it to me (laughs) and that's the thing like you know reason to be mad yeah right exactly i mean all 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 my dude all my dude Ovi does is just like play nhl like on playstation anyway so like you know i mean and you have yager still playing i I was about to say yager as like i feel like that guy just like he eats sleeps and breathes the game yeah and like for his age he does, yeah, and I feel like he does so much to make sure that he can physically handle how crazy it is to play as like a how old is it, yeah. like forty something? I think he's uh, fifty. He's fifty. Y- yeah, Yager is fifty. Yeah, he's been playing for three decades. Wow. Yeah, he's he's old man, but but like that's the incredible thing about it. And then like there's a lot of hockey players too that like probably would still be playing if like their bodies just hadn't broken down from all the stress, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you look at like some of the guys who like kind of just tipped, you know, like um, I think about guys like, you know, Marty St. Louis and like Vincent LeCavalier and like, yeah. you know, like those guys, you know, like if their bodies could still handle it, they'd be playing hockey, you know. And, you yeah. know, granted, like St. Louis got involved and, you know, he was what coaching the Rangers for a hot second or what yeah. was he doing? Uh, he was now the, the Canadians. The Canadians, you're right. Yeah, the Canadians, not the not the Rangers. He's still he, there. Played, he played on the Rangers. Yes. But, but it's like you know, one of those things where it's like, you know, it, it really is just in DNA. You know, it's just one of those things that st- stays with you forever. So you know I I, I like I, how I, how long those guys hang on though. It, it makes it fun. Like you can me some guy plays for it's, 50. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy but, to see how and I, I don't know if this is like if I'm just being paying attention to it or if it's like been more and more common, like people in their old age, like not even slowing down. Like you'd think like Ovechkin is like still surprised. Like I'm not surprised, but I am surprised because like he's still scoring at such an alarming rate for how old he is. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how long can he keep this up? He's not even that old though, too. Like if you think like about it in in perspective, he's, he's like not that old. Six or thirty-seven. Yeah. 35. Yeah, I think. Well, how old how old was was Gretzky when he retired? Thirty-seven. When he retired, he was thirty-nine, I think. So I mean, you got to figure you got the rest of this season. If Ovi still got two years, oh, left it's like him, it's like it's gonna take like two or three more seasons. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, I think what what is it? it uh, I used to know it off the top of my head. I think it's eight ninety one. Might be. I think it's like, that. Yeah. Might be the goal what, record. All time goal record. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, no one's touching Gretzky for assists. I mean, the man's almost got two thousand assists in his career. Yeah. You can't, like it's the, it's just the the game that they played back then is just so much different <laughs> so from how it different. is now. Yeah. And it's like it's like why you you will never be able to even break like even like a hundred fifty point season is almost completely yeah. impossible unless you're Connor McDavid. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But like but like Gretzky like you know <clears throat> it was just to watch him work was like it was academic. You know he would get behind oh, so, the. Yeah. He would get behind the net and just like, that's it. Like you're screwed. Like like he played. You... For, he he turned every game into four on four hockey, which is kind of yeah. insane. Yeah. I would if you go on like ESPN, like if you have ESPN Plus, you can watch mm-hmm. like 1982, like 
uh like you know like oilers versus flames final like you know like conference final chance and i sat there one day and i was like i gotta do stuff like that like watch an entire old game not just like the highlights of the players and the greats like see yeah i feel like it's definitely hard to find it yeah that might be you know what's crazy speaking of ovi and gretzky um 2024 will be ovi's 20th year in the nhl and gretzky only played 20 years i think he played what 79 to 99 yeah, um, sure. sounds right. Yeah. Wow. So it's like he's scoring at the same pace because I thought like Ovi just had like longevity at his on his side, but yeah. no. The other thing too is that Ovi lost so many games in his career, COVID yeah, and lockouts. Yeah. Yeah. I like there's a good chance if he hadn't lost all of those games, like he might be able to do it like this year or next year if he had. Yeah. Yep. And then and then time. you and then like you kind of look into the future too of like you know some of these, you know. Mammoth goal scorers and like you know, a guy, yeah, a guy like McDavid. I mean, you know, yeah, like could McDavid do it? Like or is like he? Matthews. Yeah, or like, you know, are either of those guys going to be the ones that you know end up demolishing this record in you know twenty thirty five or twenty thirty six or yeah. you know whenever? But it's going to be interesting to see you know how it all shakes out, and that's one of the things I love about the NHL is just there's so many moving parts. Yep. You know, and you never know who's going to end up where. And, you know, you've got a lot of these guys, you know, we were just talking uh, before we jumped on the pod. Uh, you know, we're talking about Dustin Brown, you know, from the Kings. And, you know, the guy played his entire career as a king, you know. Um, you know, I feel like these days that's not as realistic just because, um, you know, salary cap keeps going up and there's, you know, money to be made in this sport. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know if those days are necessarily over, but I could see guys like, mcdavid you know sticking around their really do you that i because i feel like that's not gonna happen like i think if mcdavid doesn't win with edmonton on his current contract he's gonna go somewhere else i mean it depends on how the team looks i just but his contract isn't like i'm saying like when he's done when he no longer has the years yeah because he only has like three i think if the team looks the same as it does now, like when that's like, I feel like he's going to go somewhere else. And that's even the Wayne Gretzky was traded too, which is a crazy thing to He played say. on four different teams in 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah, only like, I would be very, I think the people that will stick around and become like player for life, I feel like they, it happens usually because they win the championship. Like Crosby, Penguin for life, right? But he won the cup. Like Ovi True. will be a cap for life okay. because he won yeah. it there. He doesn't care. Like he doesn't have yeah. to chase it anymore. Yeah. yeah but, uh, like sometimes point. players just, they feel the need to like they become so synonymous with a city that it's like yeah i don't care if i win or yeah lose. like like yeah, I they might yeah they, they also have like the loyalty he's also, yeah some people he's, chase the cops some people are like i want to be the man in this city i guess yeah. i feel like um mcdavid's in a really bad predicament though because it's not like like he yeah it's he's the best guy in the league but he also plays with the second best player in the nhl so it's like why would you leave if like like where are you gonna go where you're gonna get like as good of a player as leon dry yeah fair enough but. i think he would take a better defense and like a good goalie with yeah. like but also like how i'm not saying because i kind of do agree that dry probably is the second best player in the league but like and I guess we kind of do know that he's good without McDavid because they, they he won the heart the year that McDavid was like injured for a pretty yeah. year, yep. mm-hmm. good amount of time. So yeah, you can't even make that argument that well, if he's not playing with McDavid, is he really the second best? Because he probably is. And I think that's the situation too. Like we 
like no matter how much Dreisaitl and McDavid score or make a sit, like no matter how many points they put up individually, they can never get over the hump of being outscored because their defense yeah. can't keep their shit together. Like that is crazy. And it's not like they're the only ones scoring the goals too. Like they obviously they it's like very skewed towards them. Yeah. But they have scoring from at least some of the other lines. But it really yeah. is like shock. Like every time I watch their games, I'm like, how are they this sloppy? So just to bring up the Islanders, because I know you guys are all, you know, you're the Islanders guys. Uh, I went to <laughs> Oilers Islanders couple, maybe like two months ago now at this point, where uh, the, the Islanders blew out the Oilers. And like, I like the Oilers. Like I pay attention to them. I'll watch them if they're on TV. They have like their bottom lines. I was watching this game from the first row, like just right, right near the glass. And I'm like looking at these people, like I have no idea who half these players are that are on their like bottom two lines because they're, they're scrubs. Like they're literally nobodies. And it's like their second line is people like you got like Cole Yarvi and like Kyler Yamamoto and guys like that. But even them, like these are high draft picks that are just not panning out for this team because this, they can't develop anyone besides the two best players in the NHL. <laughs> um, wait, wait, I got to correct Jake really quick. I'm not a, I'm not an Islanders fan. Oh dear God. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what did he just show? I wasn't looking. My, my, uh, my he has jersey. The, the Bulls oh, logo <laughs> carved in his chest hair. Wow. <laughs> Right, don't make come on! Don't make me get the Stamkos reverse retro from the closet. <laughs> well, now, let's go. <laughs> I, you know, it's just um, it, it's it's so funny to you know just to kind of like sort of wax poetic about this you know the, this kind of stuff because there's um there's so much that's interesting that's going on in the league and there's so much um I, I you know I I kind of love that like every so often you know these players just sort of finally break out of that like net they're in mm -hmm. and you got a guy like jason robertson who you know like he had a pretty good year last year you know but i mean you know we're, we're talking about a guy who is probably at this point on pace for you know 60 second in the heart probably yeah you know and uh and I, yeah. and I think that's something that's that's really cool um you know i just i that's something that i love a lot about the NHL is just that like a lot of young stars kind of get to, to, you know, show their colors and show their athleticism and, and, you know, be a part of these different teams who, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know, but um, that's one of the things I, you know, about the NHL and how tight their salary cap is and all this kind of stuff, which is why yeah. you have the stuff that you see with the Oilers. I mean, you know, you can only pay, you know, the great players so much. And if you've got dry McDavid, with Nugent Hopkins and like, you yeah. know, all these, all these high paid yeah. guys on your team, the rest of your team has to be scrubs because you can only afford to, you know, shell out 10 mil on the rest of your team. So, you know, it's guys on, <laughs> you know, you're pulling up. That was in the back of my mind. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you, unless you're Toronto. Yeah. Unless you, <laughs> unless, you, know, unless you cheat. <laughs> fucking, I don't know. Shamefully. I, don't know. I would love it if, if the NHL just like decided to go, to go MLB for like five years and just be like, nah, fuck the cap, no cap, yeah. and like just no see cap. what happens. Like guaranteed, like you know, like Crosby would just like call Ov and like who would call Patrick Kane, who would call Connor McDavid, and they're just like, we're all just gonna get on one team and Let's we're just gonna, and, we're just gonna and Lou Lamorello still will call nobody. Yeah, right. <laughs> no sense. <laughs> He's still not signing any free agents. Yeah, right. Well. 
that I, is, I think is the whole cool thing with hockey. Itself. I just like I said, I watch like I watch basketball, I watch football, like yeah. every like I, I'm okay with baseball, but um, just as like well, the thing I've always noticed that hockey is so much different is people get so much more attached to like kind of like lesser known players or not even uh -huh, like yeah. lesser known, just like players that aren't inherently stars, like like Islanders fans that you guys love Casey Sezikis. And like, yeah, Casey Sezikis killed a dude, just so you know. What? Yeah, he did kill he a dude. Killed rugby so much. Yeah, he killed a dude. So just uh, remember that whenever you bring up Casey did, Sezikis. Didn't uh, the man he could, Danny Heatley? Danny Heatley well. did kill someone too. I, I have like a car accident. <laughs> Who's um, Mikey will remember this. Who's the Islander that got hit by the car and just got up? Brendan Witt. Brendan Witt. Yeah, dude just got hit by a car, then just like stood up and was like, oh, nice hit. And just fucking walked away. Hockey players are something else. Are man. those intangible skills that all those like goo? I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of different types of players I feel like that you're referring to when you say like the lesser known players have attachment. It's like like I, in I, hockey, I, are I'm things like, like a good example of someone just like. Guys no, I think Sezikis like, is a perfect example. No, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. people like players that play with effort, even if it yeah. doesn't mean it shows up on the score sheet. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Well, I think that's why Islanders fans are so enamored with with their you know their their identity line, which is that fourth line, because yeah. it's really made up of you know guys like Zeker and Clutterbuck and Matt Martin, mm -hmm. who are you know Matt Martin. I tease all the time. Like the dude can barely skate. I I don't know how they let him play hockey, but he's he's so he, he's just so determined and it's like every time you see like a guy on the fourth line put a goal in you just like you get this sense of joy because it's like uh, you know that's, I, like, that's it feels like something that was like due to come just because yes julian go go one for 200 on his breakaway at times isn't he like six thousand feet he's tall huge. Like he's, he's so like tall, a big right? guy he skates fast and he always yeah. gets to the net but he never i because I, I think it's just he's he's always fighting someone off yeah while he's like crashing the net and then literally can't beat the goalie because yeah. of it but he just runs into them i mean sometimes he's drawing penalties though so hey look look i mean everybody's <laughs> everybody's got their 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 place you know uh yeah that's you know. the cool thing though like, yeah, every player has a role. Do you, yep. do you ever did you guys watch hockey in like the nineties at all? Like, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So, do you remember the guy who he played for the Sabers? His name was Rob Ray. Oh yeah, he's still what? like the announcer for the Sabers, or like I think, he, I, I think like the in the bench really guy. guy. Yeah, he oh. he like <laughs> he used to do this thing. He wouldn't like attach his pads to his jersey or his jersey to his pads properly, so he could pull. His thing, whatever the fuck he did, he would pull off all of his <laughs> equipment at the same time. So he was like slippery and would fight people. And like the fact that that's even like like people in hockey are like, yeah, yeah, remember Rob Ray would get slippery and fight people? Like that's a real like you send it to another per like person who's a fan of another sport. Like well, he yeah, would always like take happen. his shirt off too. Like he was like yeah. he would just be like shirtless, <laughs> like, he like pads a, everything off. He would look like a like a like an old timey like. Fisticuffs boxer like the no he looked oh, like yeah, he looked like Dolph that. Lundgren in Rambo, <laughs> like, Rambo in, in fucking Rocky that's Rocky, that, yeah. dude he one hundred percent looks like Dolph Lundgren like especially like in his prime yeah Hold on, dude, I'm gonna see if I can pull the picture up really quick if he dies he dies you know yeah if he dies he dies look at this one hundred percent Dolph Lundgren yeah that guy's like that guy's a meaty man that guy's a meaty man so um. 
I, I think we could probably make a quick transition uh, just because you took your uh, your shirt off and you've oh, got hot. you've got a <laughs> you got a vein FM shirt on. So um, I, I always kind of love to to make this connection, and I think it's a very special connection on Long Island, and I think it comes back to Long Island hardcore, New York hardcore, and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I, you're in a you know you guys are in kind of like a more of like a you know punky emo indie band yeah. whatever you guys mm-hmm. call, call yourself but, but here you are you know like wearing a vein fm shirt and i'm sure mm-hmm. you listen to a lot of heavy music so yeah. um you know i guess if, if we could talk about long island in, in general just as a as an area um you know what kind of older stuff from long island would you think has kind of influenced the way you've listened the way you've written the way you conceptualize your music that kind of stuff um, maybe like I mean, the, the movie life. Oh, I know, yeah. Sure. Would say, Jake. Like my, movie my life favorite life. band in the world is Bayside. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah. I mean, they're, I guess they're kind of Long Island, but like not yeah, really at the Long same Island. time. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, well, you got two out of four or one out yeah, of four. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chris used to have I just a know Nick in, uh, in Huntington. I remember that much, but like, I don't know. That's just like that stuff. Like I, when I was probably like 17, I was also really into that band. This good robot. Oh yeah. The, the, yeah. um, the patent pending offshoot. Sure. I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a really big patent pending guy, but I always liked this good robot, like a lot yeah. more. And like, honestly, they, I like, not that like, I, I mean, you know, obviously, if you'd listen to our music, you would like, like everyone forms your own opinion. But I, I think about like they wrote music as like almost like a like like a band piece. Like it's not just like a song that a band's written. It's like an orchestral mm-hmm. piece almost sure. without the crazy effects and everything. So I always just like yeah, kind of took a little whatever I could from that. You know, I try yeah. to. I love that. What, what about you, Joe? Too. What would you say? I mean. I could talk about like the the more generic Long Island band and like like Taking Back Sunday and like stuff like that, which I, I feel like everyone like grew up and listened to and really liked. Um, I mean, you're talking like Long Island bands. Who are uh, what's the band the other guy was in from the movie Life Nightmare View? I don't know if you guys know them. Oh yeah, I really I like them. them. And I like discover them kind of re- like within the past few years. Like I didn't listen to them when they were like more active. Yep. It was kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah. Um, and Great I'm man. the Avalanche. Oh yeah, that counts, right? Yeah, because that's like yeah, the same guys' movie. Like, hey, Brett yeah. yeah. And then we, yeah. Well, so we recorded with the drummer with Brett. Do you know him, Brett Romness? He plays for like, he plays for like every band now. He plays for every. He band. plays, yeah, uh, literally. But we recorded with him, and he does a great job. That's the drummer of the drummer of I'm the Avalanche movie. Avalanche. Life. Yeah. Movie and like right. Crime in Stereo. Yeah. Um, and he's recorded a lot of cool. Uh, well, he did like Heart Attack Man. And Oh, um, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. He did the new um any of band he's in, he records. As well. Yeah. Obviously. No, they're I I mean it's um you know, Long Island is kind of um Going uh, going a little nuts right now because they just uh, announced that um, Silent Majority was going to play another show, which is um, you know which is like such a huge thing for for Long Island and um, you know without like a band like Silent Majority you know like 
a band like Glassjaw doesn't exist. If a band yeah. like Glassjaw doesn't exist, a band like you know Taking Back Sunday doesn't exist, which means Brand New didn't yep. exist, which means the movie life didn't exist. You know, so it's like, you know, all of this kind of stems back. You know, as you go back into the you know kind of early '90s, you know, kind of late '80s, but like, you know, so much <clears> of it also <throat> stemmed from you know just New York hardcore in general. You know, so. Um, but it's always cool to kind of hear how like, you know, Long Island can kind of like grow and develop a specific influence in you just because like, you know, you, you see them all the time or you do this, or you do that, you know, it's, it's kind of a cool thing. I always feel like Long Island, as far as even just music, like we who are like, you know, everyone from here, we almost view Long Island as this like super like mundane kind of place like it's like oh it's just the suburbs like yeah they get there's yeah. restaurants like there's town mm-hmm. but then you you think of all the bands who kind of came from this area from just so many different genres and how those bands like yeah they're popular here but like you know you you go taking back sunday's popular where whatever emo night you go to across this entire country oh, yeah, yeah. Playing t- like and it's like huge I feel like we sometimes like take that for granted. How sometimes popular. it's hard to tell. Like that happens with like Oso oh Oso oh because like yeah. everyone we know has known that band for so long. Sure. That mm-hmm. now he's like quite successful. Yeah. But like I don't know. I don't know. Like, is he really that? Like, because to me, it's always yeah. been popular. And then is I look at Spotify band? and I'm like, oh, he has that many plays on his yeah. like. Yeah, Jade, Jade is Jade is an interesting kind of cat, man. He's um, you know, he, he's just m- so musically inclined and um, just writes really good songs. He does, and and to be honest yeah, with yeah. you, um, you know, when when Tav passed away, like I really didn't think he was gonna keep going. Like I, I really thought that that kind of was gonna put a nail in his coffin. But he's um. I mean, he loves what he does, you know, and uh, I mean, I, I had a chance to see him when they played in, in Florida and, pe- and people dug him, you know, so it's it's it definitely I, I get that for sure, because, you know, you you know, we've all seen him probably 10, 15, 20 times yeah. and playing all different iterations and all that kind of stuff. So but, you know, like that's kind of like the cool thing about, you know, some of these other bands that are coming up, you know, out of Long Island, you're, uh, you know, like bands like you guys and off guard and, and Koyo and like, you know, all these mm-hmm. bands that are starting to, you know, kind of be like the next generation of like, what's going to come out of long Island. Um, and I'm kind of excited to see it because it's very, um, it's very diverse, which is a cool thing. And um, you know, you got bands like, uh, you know, like inner love and star funeral and uh, you know, like all these great bands that are playing you know, a little bit different music um, but, uh, you know, have the potential to, you know, kind of be the next, uh, you know, cool thing coming out of, uh, you know, coming off of this island, which has that pedigree. I was going to say, too, like, I think we talked about it in in the off guard episode, but there there was a there was a full genre that was just Long Island emo. And it's really cool <laughs> to see this kind of like resurgence literally t- almost 20 years after Long Island emo really became a thing that we see a lot of these bands kind of coming up and out of long island um and, and, and midwest yeah <laughs> exactly but it's funny too, the entire like, region to, of the midwest to joe's point too like there's a lot there's so many bands that you forget about that have come out of long island and like one of them recently that i've been really i've been really into again just because i've i've it's just the 
part of the scene that I grew up in is from Autumn to Ashes. Oh, dude, I actually really like that band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's one album of theirs that I used to listen to like so much when I was in high school, and I just like it stuck with me. I go back. I wonder. To it. I wonder which one it is. Which honestly, which it's. Oh, I think it's a one that it's is too bad. You're beautiful. No, dude. It's. I don't even know what it's called. Hang on. I have <laughs> to Googling literally it. go on their discography to remember. Abandon your friends. That's the. One. Oh, abandon your friends was good. That That's was when. Good um, one. That's when what's his name started uh, the singing moved for to them. vocals. Yeah, the drummer moved to to vocals. Oh yeah. shit, really? I did yeah. not even know that. Because their original cool. vocalist, the original vocalist was like, I, I, he was like a bigger dude. He was and, like a Matt um, Russo. That type, album like, sounds like it has dead. two yeah. singers on it, maybe, but I can't tell. Like, yeah, I think screams as well as like. I think um, I think like too bad you're beautiful, which was the first record. Um, had definitely m- more of that like two guy juxtaposition, and then the next yeah, one that was so um, popular. The fiction we so live, long. fiction we live. That one kind of also had it too. But then with abandon your friends, and then that last record they put out was uh, the um, the drummer who like had, in my opinion, the better voice and even had the better scream too. He has this kind of like guttural, you know, sort of like yeah. scream, which is which is really cool. But yeah, from on to ashes, where we're a great band. We're, he we're reminds me of Andy Dick, the the drummer. He does he look, look like Andy. He Dick looks like Andy bit. Dick. <laughs> so it was always so, weird seeing him like hard. like drum and sing because I was like, is that, is that fucking Andy. How, Dick? how would you feel if like like you know it's uh, what's it called Mandela effect where it's like you something was like you thought happened <laughs> and then like you found out that Andy Dick actually did drum in this. He band. really was the drummer. <laughs> that was in his like coke fueled rage. He was just yeah. in a hardcore Look, band out of Long Island. Know. Look, yeah, that's I'm, that's a great Andy Dick impression. It's pretty close. I'm actually really impressed you guys know who Andy Dick is because I feel like he was only like kind of like a C-let, I have no celebrity. Idea. I caught yeah. the tail I'm, end I'm pulling him up right now. Yeah, Wait, I was going to say, like, he was I'm not saw very him, you'd be like, Oh, that's Andy long. Dick. Yeah. He looks vaguely familiar, but I feel yeah. like... He had his own show, right? Like He, he did, and then oh, I think... Wow. I think he might have had, like, a short stint being, like, the like color guy to like a late night show host or i shouldn't say color guy like the sidekick guy oh no way you know like how um how what's his name is conan sidekick whoa Um, andy richter andy richter yeah yeah i just found a a very damning headline of andy dick on this yeah Yeah, there's plenty of them (laughs) there's a lot yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right well Moving on. In South Carolina, you can only imagine how how awful he can get. Andy Dick, man, that's that's something else. Um, but real quick, uh, Mikey, I uh, I haven't had this opportunity to have discourse with Mikey recently since I've been off the show. But now that I'm back on the show, and I'm very happy to be back on the show, uh, I'd like to ask Mikey this question because I think when it comes to Long Island we have very similar brainwaves, but like what of all of the Long Island bands were like, do you think was the band that was like the one that just like could have been enormous, but just wasn't. I have two answers. So obviously as tall as lions right here. Yeah. I thought that band should have blown up. Yeah. And then, I think Envy on the Coast, man. I think Envy on oh, the Coast yeah. was huge in the Northeast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think 
you know, J Justin being down in South Florida, were you even really well aware of Envy on the Coast when they were playing or like heard of them later after they've already broken up? Um, I was that hipster in high school that repped every Long Island band because I thought that Deja and Tendu was the greatest record ever put out. And, and in hindsight, maybe not. But <laughs> at that it was time, at, the time. <laughs> at that time, no, like seriously, like at, at that time, my I feel the same way. That was one of my favorites. And and I and, like I was in I was in high school from like you know 2002 to 2006. So that was like that prime time of, you know, Bayside was coming out. You had uh, From Autumn to Ashes was out. Um, you had Brand New. You had that split with Taking Back Sunday where you had Straylight Run and Taking Back Sunday because John Nolan left. And then <laughs> you had, in my opinion, the greatest version of Taking Back Sunday with Fred. Um, I so actually think I like those albums better with Fred on them. Yep. <coughs> but um, Matt, Matt, was my, Matt was my favorite was my favorite second guy honestly. oh yeah he honestly yeah he was he he he, he could belt and he just he had the voice and it was so good and that but like and and it, it makes us like seem like homers because like we've had like matt on the pod like a couple times and like he's played hockey with mikey and like but like as sick. far as like talent is concerned like man every everything he touches is just like incredible like mm -hmm. Taking Back Sunday, the records that he was on was awesome. A Great Big Pile of Leaves was is incredible. Happy Body Slow Brain, incredible. Uh, Rare Futures, incredible. Like he's just like a freaking. He's a music guy, man. He just he does it. You know, he's he's able to do it. But, um, but I think that it's it's also a cool thing too. Like, you know, how many bands like like went through that? Like Taking Back Sunday did. Um, like they had over three records sonically like three completely different sounds because John Nolan, Fred Master Gino, whatever his <laughs> name is, and Matt Fosley don't sound anything alike. No. So like yeah. you know, so like no. you're you're hearing like granted you're you're getting the the um the constant of, of Adam's voice being the lead vocalist, but like everything else that's going on behind him and the way Taking Back Sunday works with all the interplay and counterpoint and all of the layered stuff, it's just like you, you know you got to listen to like all this different stuff and then if you were like uh, if you were able to see them live like you know getting to hear um fred sing john nolan's parts is like yeah. cool it's like a different yeah. it's a whole different experience it's like i always red hot chili peppers yeah. of emo right like, yes yes, <laughs> yes. wow yeah <laughs> but that's even such like a vocally... funny take but it's definitely true that's a great take and honestly it's probably a take where like if you pulled Adam Lazara aside and you were like, Hey, I feel like you guys are the red hot chili peppers of emo. He'd, he'd be probably like, be super. Zowie, into it. Yeah. He would say Zowie Wowie because Zowie. That's, my, that's literally my, my biggest gripe about Adam Lazara that's ever existed that he like, I know he lived in North Carolina for a hot second. You know, he goes to long Island. He grows up on long Island and then, like, he moves back to North Carolina, and then he plays shows, and he's like, "Hey, I'm Adam Lazara. I can, uh, I, I'm from North Carolina. This is song I wrote. It's called a Q without an E." And it's like, dude, you—that's not what you sound like. You've never sounded like that well, ever what, in your what, life. What's that record they put out? Title, title waves. Title yeah. waves. Yeah, title that wave. Yeah, that was. New. He he really hammed it up on that one. Like dude. even with like the. And I, the thing about Taking Back Sunday that I, I feel so bad about, and I'll never, I'll never forget this. So, Taking Back Sunday did this like really intimate show at 
uh, Ollie's. I've seen, I've seen them at Looney Tunes, dude. Ollie's Point. It was at Ollie's Point or whatever point. Ollie's became. What did Ollie's Ooh, become? That was Revolution. After. Rev. Yes, it was at yeah. Rev. So, Taking Back was, Sunday, Tidal Wave comes out to like not really favorable reviews. Yep. And then like they announced this show where he's like, we're playing two sets. The first set is going to yeah right he's like the first set is going to be all like the old songs and then the second set we're just going to play tidal wave and the bar packed out for like the the like greatest hit set and then like they took like a 20 minute break and came on and like literally two-thirds of the bar left (laughs) that's just so and and not only that and like the same thing happens i'll never forget with um when the early november were coming back they were just coming back uh, if you're an early November fan like I was, they're just coming back after a long hiatus. They put out this record. The record was all right, uh, but they decide to go on tour and they bring the Wonder Years as direct support on their tour. So this is like the Wonder Years, like suburbia, like Wonder Years. Like yeah. they were like mm-hmm. fucking, you know. I thought that was like their peak. Dude, they played Webster and like I felt so bad. Like, you know, here I was like one of those guys was like, great. I get to see the wonder years in the early November. This is awesome. Was that like 2015? I, I think it was like 2015 or 2014 or something, I, but I think I was. Yeah. Also. <laughs> uh, but that the years... greatest generation, right? Uh, or like, it might've been. Oh, greatest that might've been greatest generation. Yeah, Cause played, I feel like greatest came out. Wonder years played and almost half the crowd left. <laughs> That's and like nice. the early November was playing to like a half filled room. And I'm sure like ACE Enders was probably thinking like, I thought we sold this shit out. Why what's happening? But the reality is, it's like all of those kids who like love the wonder years, like they maybe didn't go back that far to realize like how much they would have liked the early November. And like yeah. the guys that did stick around that didn't know shit about the early November were probably like, Oh, this band fucking rips, you know? But yeah, I, even at the time I wasn't the big, I look, even now, I think I only know like one early yeah. November song. I think it's I, uh, narrow mouth. It's a good song. So that's like a newer yeah. one. Like, yeah. Like, I was kind of just waiting for them to play that. And then I was like, all right, I'll head out. Yeah. yeah. That is a band where I've known them, like, my whole life. I know a few songs, but yep. I just feel like they never really hit. Maybe I just am not friends with the fans, but, like. But, their, like. Their fans are 40 years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's know. the reality of it's it, just, though. They didn't like... stick. Like, they didn't. Because sometimes old bands, like, yeah. infiltrate, like. Any any person that listens to classic rock that's a kid, like that stuff like stays and it's like still good oh, yeah. and it's always good. <laughs> and I guess the earlier November was a band that didn't remain because they got like weird. really weird after their like two most popular albums. Like I know Tom's a weird early November fan, so he probably yeah, the liked it, like Mechanic the Path wasn't that yeah, weird. So he, also, he released like a triple to... a triple LP after like their peak and i feel like that just killed their i mean i'm I'm the i'm the weird guy that like my favorite record from like all the bands that like everyone has a favorite record of like it's mine isn't that one you know Mm. but like it is what it is um i want to keep talking about all this cool shit including talking a little bit about alumni and how you guys got started and all that kind of stuff but uh i have to guess that mikey's got to do a thing i do right and that thing is tell you guys about DraftKings. Hey. <laughs> so the NFL playoff pitcher is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, 
an official sports betting partner of the NFL. NFL. To kick off the road to the Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day on the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if you lose, and if you lose, you'll get a free bet back up to ten dollars. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can bet five dollars on any NFL team and get two hundred free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Mikey, you got to remember to breathe. I was really hoping that (laughs) you would just play a sweet, like, acoustic guitar riff. As Oh, we'll do that next time. I have my my guitars right over here. Yeah. At one point, it said to, like, discuss a matchup. And I literally have watched zero minutes of football this year. And I was like, yeah, and Chad Pennington is back and he is going to win the Super Bowl. I would have loved it if you would have just started talking about Chad Pennington. Can I just take like, one second just to tell a weird 30-second story about Chad Pennington? Actually? Yeah, you sure can. Uh, I used to work at Urban Outfitters in the Huntington Mall. And this this lady like walked in and like I was behind the register. She's sitting there like talking to me. I'm not really paying attention. And she goes, oh, you like football? She goes, well, I'm best friends with Chad Pennington. And I was like, that's like what? And she pulls out her cool. phone and there's like this picture of him like holding her like they're dating. And I was like, isn't he married with like four kids? She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his name's also not Chad. That that that, that part blows my mind. It's What's Chad his real Rick? actual name? James. It's James Chadwick Pennington. Aye, all right. Yeah. See, I like that. Right? You want I, to be James Pennington? You're Jim Pennington. Jim Chad. <laughs> yeah, Jim Chad. JC or JC. If it was the 1920s, he would just call himself J. C. Pennington. Or if he was a 90s boy bad. band, he would just be J. C. Pennington. JC yeah, Pennington without the dots. I, I feel like to abbreviate my name to J.A. Cohen or something like that. Dude, I mean, like, that's what you did. If you thought you were fancy as fuck in, like, the 1910s and 20s, by the way, uh, if you get a chance to go on Hulu, uh, History ch- uh, Channel has this thing called The Foods That Built America. It's the fucking coolest thing in the world. It's about, like, Coke versus Pepsi and, like, Nabisco versus things. And because, of, like, all the shit started in, like, the 1910s, Everybody had these stupid names. Like Mikey's name would be MP Ryan. Like that's what your name would be. And like that's what all these guys' names were. It was like JCR Chadwick the third. JC Wentworth, baby. Yeah, JC JG Wentworth, where the yeah. best care a pet can get. That's not it. That's the that's the <laughs> I want my money and I need I need my money and I want it now. Oh, that's the one. I have a Eight structured seven, settlement. Yeah. Eight, seven, 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 I'm a big isn't fan it wild? Of- isn't it wild how like a good jingle fucking just sticks with you? Like my brain. wife and I sing yeah. the Kenko's jingle all the time. Do you guys remember the fucking Kenko's jingle? It's like one, it's but... like 
Design air floors and shower doors. Something, something can't cause this great. Well, it's not that good, then. I'm, I'm a big fan of my uncle makes them and my father sells Dude, them. Yes, I'm them. glad oh, you said yeah. that. My uncle Camp makes them and my father sells That's like them. the most Long Island commercial ever. And Salino and Barnes. <laughs> Three brothers. Is, uh, that and, so, and, and, and two two brothers scrap Two metal. brothers, yeah. <laughs> it's the most Long Island thing. The, the dad has like got his like 900 what Italian daughters. Yeah, she's like, Dad, we got all this scrap metal. He's like holding the Optimum remote. He's like, fuck. You dick, and like that's what happened, and then that's it. And then it's great, that's what. I, and then Florida has a guy, and Justin can tell you about him. The player's direct guy, yeah. He's like, he's like, new inbox seven and 68. He goes, he's like, he's like, don't cook your spinach on the stove put it in the <laughs> microwave and sometimes he'll just have an eye patch <laughs> and, and sometimes he doesn't we, we, there was this whole thing about like how his wife would like would abuse him like oh, it was just like this, this oh whole like inside God. joke that like yeah she just punched him in the face one day and that's why he has the eye patch <laughs> um local commercials are always unhinged. so crazy my other was in- one in Orlando is uh, the it's a Four Seasons pool. It's uh, it's really quick. It just goes. If you have a backyard, we can put a pool in it, and that's it. <laughs> you got? Do you guys oh like baseball God. or like? Do you listen to WFAN at all? I used to back when yeah. I lived in in New York. Yeah. yeah. So they have this commercial that plays every single. It's not that you know what? No, it hasn't played in a while. But every time, it always just I can't like I lose my mind. Uh, the commer- it's like along the lines of like, are you like addicted to cocaine and are you looking to either lessen the amount or stop doing cocaine? Like call this number now. And like, I don't know why they have to add the part about lessen the amount. I don't want to quit, but I just, I, I need just to like do a little weeks. less. It's yeah, getting too expensive. Tired, of, tired <laughs> of five days a week. I need to cut it back to three. I want to keep doing it, but it's... I need to cut down to a quarter ounce. Yeah, like, can you imagine you're like you're working at like a rehab center or whatever, and someone calls and they're like, "I think I have a problem with cocaine." They're like, "Sir, we're gonna get you help." And he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Just a little bit. <laughs> well, I still want to do it. Just... How good are you guys? Because <laughs> so fucking a man, alumni, give me the give me the deets. When did the when did you guys start like playing together? Like, how did you guys kind of? come together as a band and Here, I you know got this one. all right so joe actually isn't the original drummer of the band there, um, he never is when <laughs> <laughs> the new the original drummer has kids and a wife and he moved that's usually the deal but um so our guitar player zach him and his friend andy when they graduated from college they both wanted to start a band they found this other guy that his name was john that used to be our drummer and uh, they kind of just were like looking for vocalists on Facebook. And I was like, I'm bored. I'm like, I was like 18 at the time. So I was just like, yeah, I'll get right in there. And then like we, we released a little bit of music as like with that lineup. And we had some member changes. And then, the, uh, you know, everyone left except for me and the guitar player. And then we got my buddy Joe here who we had kind of he, he was pretty ready to hop in. <laughs> And then uh, our bass player, Matt, also, like, at the same time, they both joined the band, and we've probably had the same lineup for about six years now, or 
probably right joe like six uh one dude yeah it's probably been wow that's like kind of a long time to be a band but yeah it's probably been <laughs> about five or six years we're almost getting to like we're almost getting yeah yeah well <laughs> i feel like if we just play a few more good shows like we can make yeah. it to like the garden or something you know but... <laughs> listen but i, I hear no, i hear I heard Billy Joel loves playing the garden. Someone was uh, telling me that, life. wait, we were talking about how people like bands from Long Island that are like really big. Obviously, I know we're not really talking about Billy Joel music, but someone was explaining to me like this is how our like perceptions are a little bit skewed that he's like not that famous or he's not as famous as we think he is. It's oh, no, he's, he's like dude, he's literally like I know he's famous, but he's Long Island's he's long island springsteen like yeah except for the fact that like springsteen is like you know big everywhere even Mm -hmm. though he's from jersey and they love him in jersey they love him across middle america because he's you know fucking blue jeans every man you know but like billy joel like all he really ever sang about was like being like drunk and like fucking (laughs) Like, you know, and like, and everybody in Long Island is like, yeah, like, I'll, I'll drink to that, Billy Joel. And, you know, it's like Islander fans. Like, bro, have you ever seen Islander fans? Like, most Islander fans are Billy Joel fans. Love like, Billy they're literally Joel. just like, mm. you know, like you're sitting in their fucking section of the Nassau Coliseum that's have you falling seen down. Asbestos is just dripping <laughs> on their heads. And, you know, it's like, Long Island in a nutshell, like a, a fucking black guy walks in because he loves hockey and he wants to sit down and the whole section is like, oh, the garden's that way. You know, like you can't <laughs> like hockey, you know, like that's Long Island. Like, and it sucks because I, I, so I moved from Long Island to Orlando and Orlando is, is honestly truly in the country, probably one of the most progressive cities in the country. And I used to think that like Long Island was like, I was like, oh, great, so progressive. It's just the people I surrounded myself with. Yeah, oh, everybody yeah. else, yeah. like the generations like that came before us and stuff, they're all fucking oh, terrible. Yeah. People yeah. Moved from the city to Long Island in an effort to not be progressive. They yeah. were like, yeah. Well, like, yeah, no, literally, that's like what a suburb is. At least yeah. this one, it's like they didn't want to be. In, yeah, gotta keep it old school. Yeah, they're just Maria, like Maria, fucking Maria. Mayor Koch, you know. Like that's kind of like <laughs> that's like that's it. But um, I don't know, like exactly where I was going with it. Oh, we were talking about Billy Joel. That's why Long Island loves Billy Joel because they're all drunk and they're all Republican. And Billy Joel's like, Republicans are great, and they're all like, Yeah, we are great. You know, like that's and if that's what you had in mind. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Seeing him at Madison Square Garden was one of the most life changing experiences oh, he's ever. He's incredible. I've seen Billy Joel people... probably eight or nine times, and I I love him to death. The Stranger is one of like the best That's records ever song. ever well, made. Yes, album. And, but I love that um, song. Yeah. yeah, the whole album's great. And then like one of the first like things I ever listened to on CD, I was like four, literally. I think it was like 1991. Billy Joel had put out this live album with uh, where, where he played in Russia. And uh, I remember my mom had it, and my mom put it like into like her like fi- old school five CD changer, and we were just listen to it. And my mom's like, yeah, this is Billy Joel. And then I was like, oh, this is really cool. So like my mom introduced me to like other stuff she thought was cool. And like sometimes she hit the mark. Like she was the one that like 
got me into like Springsteen and like Zeppelin and like all those bands. But other, other times she was like, you should listen to like Paul Anka. And I'm like, no, what? Well, I don't want to fucking listen to that guy. I love Paul Anka. Do you really? My problem. My problem is my. I'll parents, be right back, guys. I gotta just take my dog out. She seems to be. My my upset. parents. My dad didn't like anything. Like, he didn't like music that much. His favorite band was Yes, and I didn't Ooh. know that until after he had passed away. Oh shit! Like I was like, Mom, like what? What? Like what was his favorite band? She's like you, and I was like, No, like really, like what was his favorite yeah. band? She's like, I guess like Yes. And I was like, "What are you? What are you talking about?" My mom's like a diehard Jackson Brown fan, so like oh. that was the dichotomy. Oh yeah. So any any emo that I picked up over the years is because I played video games. Like, <laughs> I mean, like the, you know, the funny thing about that is, like, we've talked about it ad nauseum on how the soundtracks for those early NHL games like changed people's life. Yep. Like. NHL 03 having like Alexis on fire on it or yeah, whatever. It's like people were like, holy shit, like what is this? And it's funny because the NHL 21 soundtrack, which I've listened to a, a billion times because I've just been playing it constantly. Um, the only good song on it is by that band called Idols. I don't know if yeah, you guys well, Mr. Motivator. Mr. Motivator, such a great song. And then well, it made me put on that record and I was like, this record rips. Do you know, um, Tom, do you know my, my friend Tom? Actually, He actually knew who you were. Do you know Tom Seavey? Oh, yeah. I love Tom Seavey. That's Tom my guy. He's a very good friend of mine. He, um, he the uh, last week, Golden Hour Booking, we put together a cover show, or maybe two weeks ago. I did a transit cover band with John Argandiza. But yeah. Tom did an Idols cover band where he was the front man, and he dressed oh, up as Santa. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, it was my God. It, honestly <laughs> the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> But that's I, I uh, yeah, it. no, I I love me some some Tom Seavey, man. I love me some John Argandiza too, man. That's like two every time rolling boulders. Oh, dude, and not only that, but like John Ar- oh, man, I shared a practice space with, with John Argandiza back when he was playing in in Table Talk. Oh, okay, back that, at the that, Gale spot. Yeah, that guy might be the best drummer on Long Island. Like he, he might hits honestly, very man. hard. Like he hits hard. He is just incredible when it comes to playing. Like linear drums and he's like creative and oh my god he's just so good table talk were honestly that band that i thought had they had stuck around for another couple of years they would have been well signed enough signed to hopeless or something at this point you know sal from table talk helped us with the transit cover band oh yeah yeah we brought him out of retirement for that one great dude man i and i like i can't tell you like how many times i i you know, played with Table Talk and saw them and all that kind of stuff. But they're they were so good, and I mean, I love Interlove too. You know, they're 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 a great band. You know, Ryan has a uh, you know Very an unbelievable voice. But like, you know, I just those Table Talk songs were just all so good. So, but um, but yeah, but you know, just to kind of go back to those NHL soundtracks. I mean, like, you know, we had an opportunity many episodes ago to talk to the you know two people at EA who actually would curate these playlists. Oh, that's and, uh, cool. And, and, and the reason it was so cool was because they essentially were like, you know, we have free reign of like what we could do and what we can use, but like, we don't want to like go to like Arista records and just like get a, you know, techno song. Like, you know, yeah. we, we want it to be something that, you know, 
like hockey fans might get into or just to get exposed to. Well, and I mean, hockey, hockey more than any other sport, it definitely like this genre of music that we all mostly enjoy. It like kind of gears towards like hockey fans a lot. Like most hockey fans that I'm friends with, they're all into like, you know, like emo music or metal core. You know, that's why we have (laughs) yeah. But then, and many but, guests you know, lined just, up. Like, um, I don't know, I'm trying to th- like uh, the it, I think the same game you were talking about, NHL 21. Yeah. They had uh, fluctuate by Catfish and the Bottle Men on that. Okay. And like, I'm not the biggest Catfish and the Bottle Men's fan, but like, I'm hearing these songs and I'm like thinking like this isn't a big enough band where it's in a major title, and that's kind of yeah. cool. Like, mm-hmm. this is like you know, it's like yeah, they're like a big touring band, but like yeah. you know, you Joe Schmo who mm-hmm. you know loves. The Dallas Stars isn't going to be like, oh, catfish in the bottle, man. Like, well, yeah. aren't they from uh, uh, Britain? I don't. I'm just using this as an example of like yeah. a random band that was like on a more recent soundtrack, where it's like yeah. you're you're kind of surprised that they're there. Yeah. I don't know if the mentality Sometimes was different. Fans back from in the day. other countries, you don't realize that they're truly as popular as they are. Like, I feel like catfish is an, is an example. Like they're not like Arctic Monkeys level famous, but like they are quite famous. Same kind of band I feel, though. Same I feel like yeah. um, do you, yeah, do you guys American know? Dream being on one of the yeah. NHL soundtracks. Yeah. Like, well, that's that's my that's my end goal in life. But I they don't do care. well. They have like Turnstile on the NHL soundtrack, don't they? Yeah, oh, but, they're, they're, yeah. yeah. but they're huge. But like Gatsby's American yeah. Dream was playing Long Island to fifteen kids, and yeah. then we're on an NHL soundtrack. That's kind of crazy. Hey, yeah, like that's, that's exactly like that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like the, I feel mm-hmm. like the NHL goes out of their way to find kind of like, like like pop punk hits. Like even like goal, half the goal songs in the NHL are like Blink One Eighty Two songs. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, the Avalanche. They always play. Uh, it's all the small <laughs> things. Small every things, time yeah. they score. That's not yeah. their goal song. Uh, their goal song is some other thing, but they play that. They play the Blink song all the time. Maybe like after the initial horn. I, I just think it's cool they go through the they, they even go through the work of doing that mm-hmm. it's like like i said when i most of my music taste really does come from video games i played when i was like 10 so like Dude, to yeah. know that like someone else is getting that same experience that i was getting when i was a kid where like oh, yeah. it's kind of shaping the way i view music and the way i interpret music but like very subconsciously yeah that like i don't know like that's that's kind of ex- it's cool. Like it me it's it maintains this like all right like kids there's a chance there's everyone there's still hope for people. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, just want to kind of shift it into um, you know the new music alumni ha- has written. So you guys were kind enough to um, you know share uh, you know this you know new EP that you guys have coming out in the next couple of months with us. So uh, you know really really great stuff to listen to. I just um, you know kind of want to hear a little bit about. Um, you know, how this EP was conceptualized. Was it something that like, were you working on it through COVID or was this all post COVID mm-hmm. and uh, you know, kind of what, in, what went into writing the songs, you know, what's your kind of method, method to your madness there. It was definitely um, mostly COVID stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. So like we actually had like maybe probably like five songs written before, like right at the beginning of COVID yeah. we had like a bunch of a little, you know some songs that we wanted to potentially record Mm -hmm. and then we demoed them all out and maybe like two of them were still there when we were done i think it was king of nothing and grow and then like 
I don't know, like I'm not the primary songwriter by any means, but like I sit there and I come up with stuff all day. So eventually we can, I think with Eddie Champagne, I kind of like every day I had nothing to do because I was unemployed. So I would just go to our band room and I would sit there and talk to Ryan from Inner Love. And then I would just <laughs> I would just work on songs all day because everyone else was working. So like there it, it like the writing process I don't know like just as far as like just the conception the idea of the song like it really wasn't anything like out like mind boggling like it was just like oh like I think this is a catchy melody and like a lot of like our songwriting is just me thinking of just a melody having it as simple as possible because I'm not really the best guitar player. And then giving it to our guitar player, Zach, and being like, what can you do to make this not sound awful? <laughs> and then taking it from there. Yeah. Awesome. It's a chaotic process sometimes, too. It's It's been very volatile. Yeah. I don't know. Because we kind of, like, throw shit at the wall until we're like, never Sticks. mind. Let's not. Yeah. We're like, let's not do that. Okay, let's do this. And then it's like a million ideas until we we find the way that it like it works now like as far as like to that end like song refinement would be like considered so like let's say you guys all together come up with like a rough idea of like a song you guys demo it out you know play it out you know who's the one that typically kind of comes to the song to refine it and say um you know maybe we could do with this with the bridge or maybe we could do that like is there one person that kind of does that or is it i don't think it's one person yeah it's all yeah we're there's always like a compromise that has to be made when when i write songs i will only write one verse and one chorus or like maybe if there's a little thing that i can think of to add on later that i'm like no that has to be in there or else this is going to sound terrible but like i really only come up with a verse in the chorus because i don't want to write an entire song and then present it to you know the rest of the band and be like like why don't you want to play it exactly how i view it like I don't know, like we, especially our, our bass player, Matt, he's like a music teacher while well, he was going to be one. And so he's very like <laughs> analytical mm-hmm. about the way he like writes music. And he's very yeah. like, it's it's very, it's it, to the point where it's almost um, annoying, <laughs> but it's still... his mind is a jumbled mess, but he knows everything about like, well, not everything about music, yeah, yeah, but he's very he well versed. about the major minor keys that yes. you all write in. Yeah. He's very yeah. well versed in music theory. And I think he knows like too much for his own good. Cause his mind is always like, and yeah, presidential history. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I, I was, I was there, man. That's kind of like, you know, I, I went to school for music and I played in a bunch of bands and I would write entire songs and all this kind of stuff. And like, of course, like I thought the shit I wrote was the best shit ever. But the reality is some of the best music that I was ever a part of was all collaborative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you don't really want to like admit that to yourself. I mean, like I've literally been writing full songs, like using MIDI for 20 years at this point. And I mean, like I've probably got like five or 600 songs I've written, but like, only a couple of them have actually really became real songs. And the whole idea is like, you know, you write a full composed piece of music and you have to have like that skin where someone could be like, eh, well, what about this? And like, you not be like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, you know, and I don't have that. I don't have that. Like, and I'll, I'll be honest, like, you know, I, when I write things, like I'm super particular about it. And I guess, oh man, like this is going to sound shitty to say, but I guess like, you know, 
my like contemporaries who I wrote music with, like the people that I would feel more comfortable with, like changing something I wrote are like the people who I musically respected. Yeah. You know, and there's, you know, maybe to me, at least 25 people that like fit into that category who I'd jump behind the kit for at, at any time for anything. But they were also kind of the people who were like, well, probably were did the shit that you said where you were like, yeah, it's super fucking annoying, but like, you know, it's, it's cool shit to play, but it's also like, you know, am I in a band or am I kind of like being like a cover band for you? And that, you know, that like something I've always, always thought about. And uh, I don't know why it came to the surface right just now, but it did. <laughs> the realization. So, no, I, I understood what you meant. You were like, I'm going to feel like such a dick for saying this, but yeah. like, <laughs> I only want to do stuff. Well, I mean, I, I think some people you just end up collaborating. That's just you knowing like artistically, I will mesh mm -hmm. well with this person. So it's worth yeah. it. Cause sometimes, sometimes it really just sucks when you like are playing with someone and you realize that, it's there's too many incompatibilities and you're just like ah oh, like yeah that i agree i mean and, and i guess just... like skin in the game because when it's like song mm -hmm. ideas that you're writing because it's different because yeah. you could just approach it as it was like yeah i'll play your like your music for you like for mm -hmm. this show like that's very like it's more of like a job in that sense yeah mm -hmm. but when you're like collaborating with original ideas yeah it can become i mean i don't even write songs but i like understand how that becomes yeah. like a vulnerable experience that you don't want to do with someone else. If you don't think yeah. it's going to be and, worth the time. And I think not the vibes. And, of it. and I think like, as far as like lyricism is concerned, and I think that's where it can get even dicier for, you know, cause when you're writing the content of a song, yeah. you know, you're, you're often, you know, writing from personal experiences and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, like, you know, it, it's, it's like, it's hard to explain it's like you know the the music and the vocal melodies are are important in their own way but like the content of what's being said and how the content like interplays with the music is also mm -hmm. super important too so as a vocalist and i can probably ask you know i can ask you jake and i can also kind of ask you justin just to get your perspective on it but like you know as a vocalist or as someone who writes vocal melodies and all that kind of stuff like how important is it to you that like your most emphatic line or like, you know, the thing you want to come out in the song the most is highlighted along with the music. You know what I mean? Um, honestly, with the band, a lot of the, with the lyrics, I, I write pretty much all the lyrics. Okay. Like, and for me, a lot of like lyric writing, it's not like, I kind of take like vague ideas and concepts instead of taking like something like super personal and writing about it. and like maybe okay. sometimes like some personality or like things that like will mm -hmm. you know about me will be accentuated through it but for the most part it's more just like a like it's like a kind of just like an idea rather than like it's like this song is about like my my dog or whatever mm -hmm. um I don't know. There is like a certain level of like vulnerability because like even if you don't feel like you're like your lyrics or some like crazy like oh you know it's like oh I didn't like oh this is so meaningful and like stuff like there there is like a certain level of vulnerability of showing it to other people and being being like so what do you think like you want to work on this and they're like well why did you say this or why did you say this or blah 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 but um, honestly for the most part with the band they never really like 
questioned what I wrote that much <laughs> lyrically, at least. Like maybe like they would like how I'd sing it would be like changed. Mm -hmm. But for the most, like, if I felt like a line was important, like, nobody ever really, like, told me no, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but... I feel like that's kind of, like, the same thing. So, like, if for context, uh, this will be the ninth year I've been working with Mike. Um, so Mike's the singer of Out of Time. He and I have known each other for nine years this coming November. Um, and we've been pretty much doing this since we the minute we moment we met um and it 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 took a little bit of time to kind of get us into the groove of things but now we're to the point like especially with with the last album that we wrote and even with the new stuff that we're writing right now working with mike he can say something and i can be like okay cool like let's let's use this or let's use this and i know what we're, we we have this wavelength together where I understand what he wants to come up with, and and very similar to you, Jake. Like it's mm -hmm. nothing, it's nothing specific to the point where it's like almost too personalized. But it's something that everybody can kind of relate to, in essence, even though it's coming from a certain point of view. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's um, and and, and it's it's it took us like a, it took us a little bit to kind of get to that groove but like mike and i can literally sit in a room and um i mean lost boys on on no boundaries uh or the album that we put out last year is a prime example of that where mike and i sat in a room and we were just going back and forth like boom 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 let's try this let's try this let's try this let's try this yeah um and i could be like hey like go in here and uh for like this vocal line like think of like you know, uh, Paramore, like think of like, um, you know, this song on Riot and he'll go in there and he'll belt it like not to Haley, but he'll, yeah. he understands what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. and he'll, yeah. and he'll nail it. Yeah. Um, I, that's what I feel like with a lot with songwriting. How I'm not saying like vocalists should steal melodies from uh, like famous songs, but like if you take like the certain ways that like, like, you know, like to take what you like you know like yeah. see what other other vocalists do like the way that they accentuate yeah. certain words and stuff like that like I, I can't really think of a specific example at the top of my head just because I, but i do it in all of our songs or like even like subconsciously like one of our um i think it's like our number one song sunblock i think it's like our top song on like our streaming everyone always makes fun of me because the melody is like the same melody as what a girl wants <laughs> but it's not like i didn't i didn't write it that way like maybe subconsciously i did because i love that kind yeah. of stuff yeah but it's just like the way like we ingest so much different types of music and like yeah. we just like take in everything so it's like eventually like your brain is just going to start plugging random things together and eventually something's going to click in your head and be like this melody kind of sounds like a weezer melody but i don't really know why yeah, and now it's like um, that's the song. Like everything is derivative of music. Yeah, like, no one, to, no one is ever truly original anymore. Like I'm not saying that to no, be like mean, but like me, it, it, people <laughs> can be original. But like everything is something that used to be something that used to be something else. Oh yeah, yeah, and and it's uh, all and a lot of it is cyclical too. You know, mm -hmm. it all, yes. all kind of comes around in 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 circles. And I think you see that in popular <laughs> music a lot. You know, you kind of see the trends that are kind of swirling around in, in pop music yeah. and rock music and it's all like, that look kind at, of uh, stuff. It's look chord at good progressions and melodies. 
Yeah, uh, that good uh, for you by Olivia Rodrigo. Like, oh it, yeah, it man, very much you know misery business. Hold on, let, I, I want to let Mikey purpose. say it. I want to let Mikey say it because I'm not. I, I don't even know about what you're talking about. I don't even know. What you don't know. You about. don't know what I'm talking about. You're not going to throw shade at Dan from Aztol's Lions. I'm not going to throw it. shade at him, but I wanted you to say it because as soon as we said Olivia Rodrigo, a little smile perked up because you're like, I have, <laughs> I can finally get into this conversation that these nerds are having. <laughs> I like the song. I'm just going to pretend really that when Justin was talking about those lyrics that he was writing with Mike, he was talking about me. I'm just going to pretend that that's what was going on. <laughs> you know that I was. About Lost so, Boys? No. I'm kind of excited to see like the, the 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 new progression of things because Mike has gotten really really close with Vinny Caruana over the like the last six seven months. Yeah, he's um, a cool guy. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a really cool dynamic that's gonna kind of like spill into the 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 songwriting process is just inject a little bit of Long Island into to out of time. <laughs> Don't be that fun. way. With Vinny Caruana, it's, it's, it's funny you bring him up. I like we, us and Off Guard. We played with him. Yeah, like, what was that in like May or something? And like, oh, I, yeah. I we had already known Brett from I'm the Avalanche for like years at that point. Like, and we were you know we were friendly with him. And I had met Vinny before, but like when I like a vocalist, I can't like help but be like an annoying fanboy whenever yeah. I meet them. So, like it's bad like anyone else i don't care like i've met like famous football players like i've met people like that i don't care but if i meet a singer like i i come off like the biggest like dork and like even Vinny like said that to me he like i was i walked up to him i was like dude like i'm such a big fan he was like and like we were talking and he's like dude like you're cool like relax like you know <laughs> didn't you say like it was a pleasure talking to you or yeah, something like, he was like don't say that don't say that <laughs> It's like you had a horrible time talking to me, pal. But he you remember me the next time I saw him. He was like, "How are you, Jake?" And I was like, ah. "He remembers me." <laughs> Dude, you never. I, I feel like when you when you're meeting anybody famous, like you just you just never know what the fuck is gonna happen. Yeah. Like you just don't know. Like I've met like I, I get that way with with like pro wrestlers. Like I just I do. And I live in an area where, like, you know, full of pro wrestlers. Like, pro wrestlers are everywhere. So, you know, I've run into a couple of them here and there. And like some of them I was like pretty cool with. And like one of them I might have followed down the street for too long. <laughs> might have done that. And finally, when I like was able to catch up to him, I think I said something like super weird. I was like, Oh man, you're really good at wrestling or something. And he was just like, Yeah, I am, right. thanks. And like walked away from me. And I was Jeez. like, fuck. What like, sucks. Well, Tom, uh, you weren't you weren't on the episode where we had Pat from Uns uh, Unsigned Pop Punk, where no, he, he so. met Wayne Gretzky in the Mall of America. Wow, I would freak out. Oh, I and, love like, that story. <laughs> so he like runs up to him, and he had like like his brain shut off when no, he no, finally no. got he, to him. He screamed in the middle of Mall yeah, of so America. He was just like Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> And then he like runs up to him and he like shakes his hand and he just is like, thanks for hockey. Hey, if you're going to thank anyone for it, thank the guy whose numbers retired by every team, right? Yeah, that's, wow. that's true. But I wonder that's... how recognized Wayne Gretzky gets. Cause He's I feel not. like a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people know just his name, but yeah. not. How He's not he very gets. recognizable like at all. And, and like, and in the busiest mall in America, you scream out 
Wayne Gretzky. That's like someone going, Dan Marino in Miami, yeah. and everyone's going to just yeah. pile yeah. on top of him. I mean, him. if he in, in Canada, I think different story, but oh yeah. oh, yeah. If he was in like Edmonton or something, yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah. But even if Wayne but, Gretzky walked through like Times Square, I think, yeah, I think Wayne nobody would know who he was if he was in Times Square. They're probably, probably get a lot of like fans. you get a lot of those double takes, you know, yeah. you get a lot of people that would be like, Is that fucking Wayne? Dude, uh, I follow Tony Hawk experiment. on Twitter, and Tony Hawk is always talking about how like people like kind of recognize them. Don't. They're like, "Oh, you have the same name as the skateboarder," and he's like, yeah. uh, "It's he's he like, has a skateboard." Oh, it's in me. His Literally, me. Yes, <laughs> yes, he has a skateboard. It's Dude, I I just was I read one of those the other day, which was so, so funny, funny. Where so he's on a he's on a plane, and I guess the lady he's sitting next to like opens up like the overhead bin, and there's like four skateboards in there, and like she was just like. <laughs> Oh, like who's the skateboarder? And he was like, Oh, like that's me. And she was like, Well, are you any good at it? And he's like, I guess. <laughs> like, like, he's just I remember like, uh sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing the videos of him like going around uh whatever neighborhood he was in, like telling people on skateboards to do a kickflip and they would like all do it. But I was like, dude, that's literally like LeBron James like going around to a basketball court and telling yeah. people, like, yo, dude. But the reaction is Ooh, like wow. Oh, I think I can do a kickflip. It's like, dude, it's Tony Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> He's coming up to you while you're skateboarding. I feel like that's just, yeah, invented <laughs> yeah. punk music. But yeah. we gotta, we, we're we're a little bit, we're a little bit over time. So let's, uh, we'll, yeah, I'm, we'll, I'm we'll wrap it up on the the, the Tony Hawk. Um, <laughs> which I mean, honestly, like huge for me. Yes, soundtracks have been pivotal to to this music, but. But yeah, definitely like let us know, let the like the listeners know like where to find you guys on socials, where to listen to you guys, plug anything that you have coming up. I know you guys got a show with handguns coming up. Um yes, that's on the 14th. Don't bite show. your tongue. We have an album <laughs> release show scheduled for April 22nd for this new EP. It's going to have four songs on it. Uh, our music is literally available on every single like streaming thing you can find, but yes. there's a rapper named alumni <laughs> and a metal band and we are neither of them <laughs> yes you'll have the one with the cartoon characters yeah we have a very distinct art style so that people never forget yeah it's like cartoons and stuff it's like all hand-drawn or mostly hand-drawn type of stuff cool and then uh like handles social media handles uh alumni ny516 on instagram one word and, easy you know it's I try to keep it pretty simple. It's actually really hard with this band name to have a very distinct social media presence yeah. because it's like, oh, alumni band. It's like, yeah, the the Princeton 2004. Yeah, yeah. the Dartmouth Jazz Band. Yeah, is every alumni band of any university or high school. So, where's Joe, the do you EP feel release left... show going to be? Um, probably at the Massapequa VFW. Okay. No, yeah, it's going to be at the Massapequa yeah. VFW. We're booking it with uh golden hour our buddy john you know gonna uh we got to figure out a lot of the details first just of like who's playing and stuff but that's the tentative date that we have cool and probably the album will probably release maybe like a week before that or so just the so like probably like april 10th around that area cool sweet yeah we'll we gotta get april we, we gotta get john on here maybe i'll you hit do. him up i'll hit him up and be like Here's five to six hockey talking points. Just yeah, that's the problem with John. Say. He doesn't want to talk. He'll only talk wrestling or basketball. Uh, he'll talk yeah. your ear off about drumming, drums. Yeah, but actual that's just, 
sure. I'll, I'll, be 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 like, I'll be like, when I say, when I say this question, you <laughs> answer with star number three, and nobody will know the difference. Yeah, he's kind of like playing the yeah, drums. Yes, yeah. I like Mark Messier. He was good center, left winger. He's the second that's best him, player. That's him reading. Though. He's reading. You get it? Yeah, I get it. Guys, um, real quick, I love doing this. I'm so pumped that I get to do this again. And what better freaking guests than having alumni 516 just repping Long Island, brought new music coming out. You know, go check them out on all their socials. Go listen to their stuff. And if you don't mind, man, just go, you know, just do the thing that you want to do. Tell them that Artemi Panarin is the bread man, or tell him that he's not the bread man. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'll tell you what. That guy's he's half loaf this year. I'm not going to lie. That guy's half loaf. Whoa. He quietly has like 50 points, man. Dinner roll up. Two thirds of loaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like free. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for being on here, chilling with us. Thanks. Thank uh, you super so much for having check us out on. your new stuff, and um, we'll we'll do this again sometime soon. All right. Sounds great. Please, Thanks, man. Thank you. I'm always down all to right. talk hockey. Take it easy, guys. Have guys. a good one, fellas. Take care, yeah. buddy.